Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Brown Taboo Project. Today, we have an interesting topic to discuss with you. Some that some listeners might be a little bit like, why are they talking about this? Is this the taboo? In some ways, I would say yes, as all things are. Mm. Um, talking a little bit about the environment today and climate change and what that looks like in this world, and especially as it relates to our identities and straddling the different parts of the world that we do. I'm Sri. I'm Trinish. And I'm Tanya. So let's jump so, into it. Yeah, so I guess um, no two, two ways about it, right? Um, climate change is real. It's happening, whether you believe it or not. And years. Yeah, I mean, it's science. Science happens whether you care or not, whether you believe or not. And that's what climate change is. So um, we were actually discussing an interesting thing that at least I have observed. So full disclosure, sometimes I like to watch street food videos on Instagram because there's some delicious shit out there that you just can't find in America. <laughs> Wait, so is, and, it, is it like um, people making food? Or yeah, so it's food? like, I think it's, okay, I, I don't know how, like, I don't like search for them, okay? Like, you know, in my explore sometimes, like, I, I follow a lot of food-related um, stuff because I love to cook and I love to eat. Um so sometimes it just comes up on my explore. And you know how if you just keep scrolling, like it just gives you more and more and more. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So, and you know, Indian street food vendors have some cool inventions and like some like ridiculous stuff and some stuff that's just like plain bad for you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one of the things that I've noticed um, is, for example, like Saran Wrap, you know, and, you know, I've, for example, like I have grown up in India. I've visited India plenty of times and it's fairly recently that I'm noticing saran wrap is everywhere. There's plastic like forks and knives and plates and styrofoam, like stuff that didn't to, to my knowledge or to my observance, never used to be a thing in India. And Mm -hmm. to me, it's very much a Western import, right? Mm -hmm. It's very like, Oh, you're still using like, you know, ceramic cups, use styrofoam, like, and Mm -hmm. just throw it away. Um, and it's fucking piling up because, you know, I will say, you know, at least in the United States, I know our recycling rate is not great. We have like the illusion that we recycle, but we actually don't because only a small percentage of stuff that you put in recycling is actually recycled, right? Mm-hmm. But in India, I don't even think there's an illusion. There just isn't, <laughs> you know, things just are not efficiently collected and, and put. So, Truthfully, there's trash everywhere you look in India, right? It's on the streets. People don't really always follow the rules, you know, quote unquote rules in terms of like, oh, put this in the trash can, right? But often the trash can is freaking overflowing. You have nowhere else to put it. So you put it in the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this like convenience thing of like now adding plastic and styrofoam and and stuff that is not in any, me- any way biodegradable um, is adding to the problem. So, so people's so like thoughts... What- so, like, what have been some examples that you can think of of, uh, I guess, like more like sus- sustainable practices in the past? So interesting that you bring that up because I um, I was talking to you all about like when I grew up as a child in India, right? Um, and I lived there till I was about ten, and um, doing pujas and things like that. I always saw that we used to use. Um, terracotta cups for like cha and for jal. They're, in Bengali, they're called purwas. Um, and they have a kind of a funky shape. Like they're like thick at the top and they're skinny at like the bottom. Like a little vase, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, it's like a little vase or like a little pot. And they're made of clay. Um, yeah. And they're made of clay. So 
and a lot of times actually you like finish drinking from it and then you just kind of smash it on the ground because you know when it rains and you stuff literally like that you threw yeah, it on the ground it literally <laughs> just like dissolves <laughs> you know it like right. breaks down and they weren't like they were like kind of a little bit rough to the touch like they were not coated in anything they were not painted it was just like literal clay and we used to eat um bhog so like you know after puja was the, the bhog that you ate um in That's my grandmother's the food, house the ceremony yeah food. like the like the blessed food right um you would eat on these plates made from leaves and they mm. were they were probably 100% biodegradable i would wager you know i mean like if if they're leaves 20 years of course, ago right? yeah like and they were even like held together by little like teeny 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 With little wooden twine. wooden yeah. yeah like wooden things and they were shaped into plates um and yeah sometimes you swallowed some of that wood and it was uncomfortable but um, <laughs> for girl, you swallowed that wood before we know <laughs> listen Ooh, you getting, survived okay i'm getting sweaty up in here <laughs> That is not what this episode is supposed to be about. We're trying to be serious and dignified. Okay, we're talking about the environment. Anyway, um, so yeah, it was, I don't know. It's just, it's very odd now to see like what is happening and like to, to the extent that it's happening where people are not thinking about necessarily like the impact that it's making, right? And like, and again, I, I know I've been ranting for like five minutes now, but I I, I really do feel like, um, South Asian countries and like I, I can only speak for like India what little of it I know and what's happening there right now is like you know co- colonialism and all that stuff like we're at the stage of development in, in our country that like we're not thinking about the environment because right now it's just about developing and increasing and growing and like basically being as capitalistic as you possibly can right like producing more 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 and uh like the environment is far behind, but the effects are already visible. And by the time that, you know, on a mass scale, if people wake up and they realize like, oh shit, like this is happening, uh, India is going to be like underwater by then, like all of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And rent. Coastal lying places. Yeah. 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 So that's just been like my, obs- you know, what I have observed in the past couple of years. So it's actually interesting what you were saying about recycling in India. Cause I actually, in my conception, it's always actually been the opposite mm. where there is, so this, this brings an interesting like class things as well and um, trade. And I, and I suppose also just the way that labor looks when you have so much of a, of a larger population and you have a larger labor force. Um, I remember going to India and feeling and like, what's what? Where's the recycling? And literally being told like, throw it in the street. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. What like for plastic water bottle, or whatever? And being told like, no, 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 it will actually be sorted correctly because they are referred to as rag pickers or trash pickers. But people who are often kind of looked down upon in many ways in terms of people who are sorting through trash, um, for sure. But that being an incredibly important job that makes, at least from some quick Googling that I did, um, a lot more of the plastic waste be actually successfully recycled than it is in the U.S. or in many other countries. Um, so I saw, I mean, like, it was it was a mindfuck to me for sure that um, that that's actually 
the case. And hmm. I don't, I mean, I don't have like a super clear statistic on yeah. how much each country in the world recycles or whatever, but um, thinking about some of the pieces as it interacts with, I think it kind of comes back to how like trash is seen as dirty and yet like to, in some ways coming from, coming from a third world country and coming from more of a developing nation, I at least personally have had the experience of having been taught to like reuse and reduce and be mindful of products and resources so much more than I think most white American people. Um, Mm -hmm. And I like, so I studied psych and sustainability in college. And so these Mm -hmm. are areas that are really important to me. And I study eco psychology and like, I am very much invested in, in these things and the ways in which we need the environment and it's all interconnected, et cetera, et cetera. But I feel like actually part of my awakening was in college when I realized that the stuff that I do normally, like a thing that comes to mind is washing a Ziploc bag, washing it and like hanging it up to dry and reusing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do that like, all the time. Exactly. That I feel like is not necessarily common. And it wasn't until I started interacting more with white people <laughs> or like, yes. you know, you yes. know what I mean? Like when you've suddenly realized that like your family system is different from others and it takes you like seeing other family systems for that to happen. Right. Um, right. And so that moment of just being like, oh, these things, I think in so many ways are so much more ingrained in us coming from poor economies and poor mm-hmm. places. Um, and I mean, you'll hear the same thing in terms of like, uh, my grandma grew up in the Great Depression. And so that's like very much the way that we've been raised or that, that she operates. But then over generations, it's like the status symbol, right? In terms of mm-hmm. you're portraying wealth by having the ability to be wasteful, by yeah. eating yeah. meat, by eating imported foods, by eating foods that are not seasonal, right? Like all of these yeah. different ways. And I think that's also what's happening with countries like India or Bangladesh or China or Myanmar of like the ways in which as we export culture and like in this global way that you know we share culture it's like a status symbol to have oh absolutely plastic and styrofoam packaging and like Mm -hmm. throw away and look how disposable and you know and it takes us away from the actual like sustainable roots and the ways Mm -hmm. in which things potentially could be laughed at for being um seen as like not as clean or not as smooth or whatever whatever Picture perfect, but that's what basically, we actually right? need to be doing in order yeah, to actually yeah. like, have more sustainability in terms of yeah. products and lifetime. It's interesting. Um, so you were bringing up like the washing the Ziploc bags and like, I, I will say to an extent, I, I think a lot of like South Asian families, like, like for example, um, all the spices in my mom's house and actually my, my apartment as well. Um, I have never, ever bought a fucking jar ever everything is like of everything and, you can find everything in bulk because that doesn't no, no no no. what i'm saying is i uh, never bought a jar that it's stored in right separately okay. just for storage yeah. everything everything that my spices or my stuff is in and at home too is already something that you've already bought like a jelly jar or jam jar or like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know like pasta sauce right like so like and i and i like that and i didn't really recognize it for what it was for a long time i was just like oh you know i never thought anything of it but now i'm like huh, like, that's nice. You know, like we, we, you're reusing, right? And that stuff will last you forever until it shatters, which it might one day. Um, So like, we do that stuff all the time, right? But like, 
that probably doesn't make up for everything else. You know, that's like a really tiny, tiny part of like, I don't know, our everyday. And like, I, you know, I've kind of made it my mission in my apartment to like try and, and as much as it is possible for me to be as mindful as I can of like waste, like, you know, paper mm-hmm. towels for and sure. things like that. Like, um, my Tatan has seen it. Like I have so many like dish drags and like, mm-hmm. um, you know, just like I, 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 I'm trying and I'm learning and like, it's not perfect. It's probably, and, and I think the thing is like, I'm always like, ugh, like, what is me not accepting one plastic bag going to do? But then I'm just like, no, it still like matters. Like just right. even if like, my, you know, sometimes like I've had like friends laugh at me or like, you know, my, I think one time my mom was like, what is I your problem? Yeah. Worry. And I was like, I don't need the bag. Like if I'm getting like a carry out container and like, it's not, you know, full of like gravy or something, it's like something dry. That's, it's just going to go in my car and I'm going to go home and eat it. Like what's or the hold the cutlery. Cause like, I know I'm yeah. going to be somewhere where hold I have silverware and I don't need it. I get so annoyed though, because like m- m- most restaurants, if I remember to, I'll write like, or I'll say on the phone, like, please no napkins. No I anything. have it. I have it in my standard little thing, but it's like yeah, address, but, delivery instructions. Yeah. Whatever. But you know, like I have seen, I will say 75% of the time they still do it because they don't read it or they don't even after, and I've noticed it and I get really annoyed and I have, then I, when I go to pick up my food, I return it. I'm just like, no. Yep. 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 You know, I literally put, pull it back up. Put like, it back. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I was, and one time I got kind of short. I was like, I literally told you like three times on the phone. What, like, why is it still here? <laughs> you know? Right. But I think yeah. so much of it is the automaticity, right? So that's like. Convenience. You just, yeah, just Then that's where yeah. all of these things come from of just, I'm packaged, you know, standardized packaging in the way that I'm giving out of a hundred orders, there's probably like maybe three that are like, no, I don't need it. Right. So mm-hmm. how's that go? Although I have noticed, I think Grubhub, right. Has a little button. That's like, I'm trying to save the earth, save me the cutlery or whatever, whatever. I think Uber Eats now does it too. It's fairly recent. I will yeah. say, but mm, I do true. think that button helps. Like I've used when I ch- check that it happens more frequently. It happens. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. coming back to, these are all these like micro moments, right. But it's like right the ways in which we're talking about, politics and like i think often it comes back to um this concept of voting with your dollar right of right when people are like does this really matter whatever so much of it comes back to is that one discrete action by itself actually a thing maybe not but mm-hmm. it's the awareness of it and like the mindfulness yeah. around it and and the intention with which you are acting and it becomes so much more a part of your day to day um because of it i've i've realized that like i don't know it's such it's just so ingrained in me but then people around me will comment on stuff like i'll very absent-mindedly if i'm if i see something in the trash and like something is right on top that's recyclable i'll totally just take take it it out out and put in the recycling bin and people around me will be like what like i would you know they would just i would never think to do that and it's not until people comment on those kinds of things that i recognize it more but it does come back to the ways in which we continue to comment on these things and talk about them. Um, or like even thinking about having nemontonos, like having dinner parties and doing these larger celebrations and whatnot and the ways in which, oh my God, this actually drives me nuts. And and I will say my parents were complaining about this. And so this kind of makes sense of like, this is where I get <laughs> it from. But they had, they were at some sort of, you know, like 
song and dance recital, et cetera. And then they had little, the mini plastic water bottles. Oh my God. Not even the fucking 12 ounce ones. I hate like them the so much. One, I hate them so much. Which is a fucking sip. And you're like, your thirst yes, is not done. quenched you at all. One. And at we least are, two more. We are in the USA. We are in, thankfully, in a place that does have a clean water supply. We're not in Flint. We're doing mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. And if you have a clean water supply, and oh God, I can go off on rants about this, but the municipal water supply is actually more regularly tested and verified than any single plastic water bottle manufacturer. Really? So yes. I so your water is constantly being tested if you get it from public works and water bottle companies. It's like in the FDA, I want to say there's like one officer who does this testing. And so it like ha- happens like once a year, kind of like something absurd in terms of mm-hmm. versus a municipal water supply is tested every single 15 minutes. So it's like wow. shit like that of like, you're just being sold that this mm-hmm. other water is yeah, so like it tastes better. better, but truly, unless you're in a place that like the water is unsafe to drink, then what the fuck yeah, are you doing? No need- <laughs> yeah. Right. Like all these say I see this like you know this like five dollar Fiji water and all this stuff and I'm just like you don't need any of that stuff I'm sorry but you and, and the people that like buy a fresh bottle every day or every week I I can't tell you how angry it makes me and um just you know I've had a reusable water bottle like yeah I've gone through a couple of them probably for the past like I would say five six years now and like have have now it's like really ingrained and like I don't go anywhere without it. I'm about to buy me a mini one because that I can put in my purse, you know, because this one is kind of big, the one that I have. Um, and I finally like my parents. I so my I will say my parents are not like you know like willfully wasteful, you know they, but I think they are still learning, and so like I feel like you know this like robotic person, but every week I go home like. Okay, guys, so I see you're still using saran wrap. Literally this weekend, I was like, and you need to stop. And my dad was like, yeah, yeah, we're working on it. I was like, no, you need to stop like now. Okay, like we've been talking about this for a couple of months now. I've, you know, I've, I've talked to you guys like this and that. Like I was like, all your stuff has lids. Use the lids. That's plenty. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't need an extra layer. It really doesn't. Uh, but for Christmas, <laughs> I bought them uh, glass water bottles because we've been talking about it for a long time. And you know, they have never found the time to buy them for themselves. So I was like, instead of buying you something like, you know, not like dumb, but something that like, you're probably, that's, that's not practical. Let me, you know, and I don't have, supposed to something you know, you're going to use every single yeah, day. I don't have a huge budget either. Daily. So I was like, here's something that like you'll use and it's actually good for the environment and like stop using those fucking plastic water bottles. I hate them so much. Um, there's no need, there's no need at all for that. Um, and like, basically, this entire episode is me ranting, all of us ranting. But <laughs> um, so, Street, you were bringing up, you know, you brought up like, you know, um, class divides and things like that. And like, I just want to spend, excuse me, a moment talking about Indian weddings, like South Asian weddings. And like, <laughs> like okay, I, full disclosure, I'm a wedding photographer. I love weddings. Okay. I earn some of my living off of weddings. Right. But like. They're just some of the things I see. Um, and this is not just the things in India. And this is not uh, limited to like Hindu weddings. Like this is everywhere, but especially with South Asian weddings, because they tend to have multiple events and multiple outfits and like, and there's this kind of 
um, you know, the Lokya Kahenge kind of thing of like the bigger your wedding is, the better it is. It's like, you know, we have to invite these 500 people. We have to have 10 different dishes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And everyone has to wear different outfits every two hours because literally like, bigger than most people's high schools. <laughs> right, 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 right. And like, I am, I think about like the, for example, like, you know, catered food and how much of it goes to waste, fresh flowers, like, they're like the scale of those things is seems unimaginable to me. Right. And like, I feel like in South Asian, uh, I think, uh, you know, in the wedding industry, like I am seeing a little bit of like, Oh, sustainability and, and, um, like eco chic and like all this stuff. And like, um, I will say I've seen a lot of friends do really impressive ways of thinking about reducing and sharing supplies and like all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And it's funny because in India, um, the weddings that are eco-friendly or sustainable or like really, really well done, they're in the news because that is not the norm, right? It's like, oh, um, this bride and groom donated their entire like, you know, the stuff that people gave them to like this local school. They didn't take any of it. Or this this, um, Kerala couple, I remember... Their entire wedding was completely eco-friendly and they also asked like their guests not to wear any silk. So it was like, you know, completely cruelty-free, like vegan um, and all the leftover food was donated to like a local shelter. Like they were great at it. That's um, so cool. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know, Even it just far between. frustrates yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I think is like super in- interesting about this is that so like in a lot of environmental movements here, um, they uh, they talk a lot about like indigenous land practices and how how like in general like mm-hmm. like indigenous people tend to know how to be sustainable, um, like how. So, like, the obvious example for this is Native American tribes who in the U.S. knew how to take care of the land. Like, they used to do controlled fires, so you don't have the ridiculous wildfires that we do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a lot of the American East, a lot of the forests and and stuff, like, like the colonizers came and they were like, oh, my God, like, this is a land of abundance. But, like, those forests were, like, made to be food forests they were like eco-engineered essentially over generations um and like australia as well um at the time of recording you know the fires are still going on or like almost winding down now um and uh the aboriginal people used to do controlled burns as well but what's interesting about india in particular is that the um it's a, it's about about food like in like the south asian continent has always had like a huge population compared to the world in general but um there like famine was not common um in the indian subcontinent really? and then, I don't know. yeah like it definitely happened um but like you know like in general like the land was well taken care of hmm. and then when the british came um famines like increased like by a huge amount so much so that actually like like major populations in india um like the population growth like stopped because enough people died um in bengal um in bengal when the british came in like the 19 or in the not 19 in the like 17 (laughs) in the 1750s and 60s um 
instead of planting like foods that people can eat, they planted stuff like indigo, mm-hmm. um, which also like fucks up the soil. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. then you have like indentured or you have basically like serfs who are planting food that they can't eat. Uh, and then you have the Bengal famine of 1770, which killed mm-hmm, one third mm-hmm, of the population mm-hmm. of Bengal. Which was engineered, right? Well, it was basically, it was done like, there are varying opinions about this, but isn't there a thing about Churchill also being like they don't need to eat? Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Churchill yeah, yeah, yeah. was also like that's what I mean by engineered, like like political forces yes, about the decision like, making. Yeah, yeah, and like colonial mismanagement was like huge. Um, <laughs> colonial mismanagement. That almost sounds like a that. I I like that as like a college major. (laughs) (laughs) All these people went to school and studied colonial mismanagement. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody should study that though. And like, (laughs) actually like, so what a lot of people don't know. So the Boston tea party in the U S happened in 1773. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was because a tea tax was levied and the call and the colonists were not having it. Um, why the tea tax was levied is because everyone in Bengal was dying because the British fucked up the food su- wow. supply. So actually, like... So colonial- there's no tea peakers. So there's no force. Yeah. So basically, like, it like it was caused by, like the, like, the British in India were causing these things that ended up, like, you know, that ended up with the Boston Tea Party, of all things. In in the um, real India, the the one that Columbus thought he was going to, that he actually <laughs> ended up in the other one. That's yeah. such a mindfuck to me. I actually, I totally didn't know that history behind it. Yes. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, you know, we talk a lot about, about indigenous land practices, but, like, even within India, there's a lot of knowledge of how to, like, take care of the land in general. Um and like it goes with like with like livestock and stuff like 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 not eating the females of most of most like livestock animals like they say it's because the meat tastes bad but it's actually because like it's more su- sustainable mm-hmm. that way and stuff like that so like i don't know there's a lot of like knowledge there is. And I think traditional like, ecological knowledge is what yeah. is known as T-E-K. and like i I know we've been talking about like beef and stuff, but like my dad actually explained to me that that's the reason that the Hindus consider the cows to be sacred because cow's milk provides so much nutrition and you can, you can take milk, right? You can make uh paneer, you can make butter, you can make buttermilk, you can yeah. make ghee. Um, <laughs> and t- for a lot of people who, you know, uh, may be disadvantaged or, or not have the means like that milk has lots mm-hmm. of your essential fats and proteins and like carbs, like, and there's a consistent it, supply. Yeah. Consistent yes. supply. Yeah. It, it can sustain a lot of people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing, like it's been twisted into this like mm-hmm. symbol of the Hindu extreme, but like, um, and the other thing I think is like, um, you know, we're talking about like, we, we touched on this previously, like capitalism and growth and like the way that not just in India, but in other places too, but definitely in India, the way India's population is growing, right. Mm-hmm. Where like, um, uh, you know, I think about like, we hear all the time, right. Like places like Mumbai and like other cities in India, I mean, they flood consistently. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was talking to my mom and she was like, the, you know, like, 
this is not as new as you think. Like, right. floods do happen in the monsoon, but the truth is, like, it has been getting worse, right? And of like, more, like it's becoming more and more catastrophic, and it's because of like not. It's because of like how much the population has grown. So. When, for example, when you're building like, and I'm not a civil engineer, but like, this is my understanding that like, when you're building roads and homes and things like that, you have to obviously have some kind of environmental planning, right? That like, Mm -hmm. okay, if it rains, where is that water going to go? But that's not happening. Mm -hmm. So basically, like buildings and houses, everything's just kind of being built on top of each other, because like, you need space, you need space for people to live and grow and go to the office and, and work. And so when these things happen, it it becomes catastrophic because it's like bad planning on top of bad planning on top of bad planning, basically. Right, right. And the environment so, is not taken into account, even though monsoon happens every year. It's consistent. <laughs> and so much of the population lives along the, the coast. coastline. I mean, you, you yes. have like, like Karachi, Mumbai, Chennai, Cal- Calcutta, Dhaka, like, mm-hmm. like major population mm-hmm. and like hundreds of millions of people yeah. Uh, yeah. live in these, in these areas and then you all and then like you know even more than floods you have like um like delhi and it's air pollution and and yeah Mm -hmm. and like the water crisis in chennai for example right Mm -hmm. like can you imagine like having to basically send trains filled with clean water to a city that large right because it's like out of clean water because there's just nothing left of it and yes that's maybe for a short time but yes that's crazy like where i live san diego um, ninety percent of San Diego's water is brought in from either the bay, yeah, which again is 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 like is like a two hour flight away, like it's not right. close, or from the Colorado River, mm-hmm. um, which uh is also like a state or two away, mm-hmm. um, and uh and which will probably dry up if temperatures go up. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. love that, yeah, times, yeah. <laughs> but it is. I think one of the things about being in North America, being in the U.S. and having certainly an awareness of climate change and like more conversations around what are we doing and how are we voting and what are the policies and also what are the micro things that I can do and as well as the systemic things that I can do. But there is almost this sense of like, okay, we'll just like retreat further into the country. Mm-hmm. There's right, plenty of space. Right. It'll be fine. Um, like it's not going to affect us. Like specifically, right. like and, our houses are not going to be... Right. Or at least as quickly. Right. And so thinking about, I mean, Mm -hmm. although obviously there's a lot of coastal area in the U S as well, obviously. Um, but just thinking about this is so much of what happens as we talk about environmentalism and climate change and anything in relation to being quote unquote green is like, ultimately this is a justice issue. There's equity. Mm -hmm. That's that, that's really what's at stake here. Like that's why climate justice exists Mm -hmm. as a field and as a necessary thing to talk about because it is so much more than like, yeah, am I using a plastic bag or um, how can I, even the larger scale things of like, how can a wedding or a conference or something, you know, that's like Mm going to impact a lot of people. How can I try to be more mindful about those Mm -hmm, things? mm -hmm. Climate justice comes back to like, there's so much inequity as it relates to the impacts of Mm -hmm. climate change and how it differentially impacts poorer people and countries yeah yep. people who are more in coastal areas for sure people who are and that ultimately sorry indigenous what? people yeah and then and yeah. there's ultimately like a dystopian 
it's going to be the wealthier. It's privilege. Can, that's exactly. It's that's exactly what it's rooted in. Right. right. Like, who can like build themselves a safer right. quote unquote can, house and have right. the money to find exactly. themselves a new place. If exactly. They're displaced. Yeah, find like a new island somewhere, you know. Maybe <laughs> not an island, maybe an maybe island. Maybe an island, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like yeah. maybe a mountain. Where everyone's going to move to Colorado. I know. Right. That's true. They're uh, going to um, be the first on the ship that, that launches us. Goes to, to Mars. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's like, about, yeah. like India and Bangladesh and, and I mean, China and like so, so much in Southeast Asia, East Asia, South think Asia. About, but um, like, uh, mm-hmm. South America as well with mm-hmm. the Amazon rainforest and like how indigenous people are being displaced to build to plant palm trees yeah and like for or like being displaced to plant um uh, crops for yeah Yeah. and quinoa uh not (laughs) yeah you know crops that livestock are going to eat to produce like beef like Mm -hmm. that just like that cycle sorry why are you sorry? What are you sorry about? No, because I interrupted you, but I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. Yeah, no. I think it is certainly like a fired up topic, but I think, and this is where the psychology side of it comes in, but like so much of it is it can feel so daunting, right? And overwhelming. And yeah. that's where so many of these things become really difficult to wrap our minds around because we have difficulty and really thinking beyond ourselves because we're incredibly selfish as a species. Um, and in many ways, I, I mean, I do really think it comes back to mother earth will be here. <laughs> no, <laughs> We're the parasite where no, no, no earth will survive. It's a question of where, how the world is going to look and like through all right, of right, time, right. Yeah. even though we're seeing an absurd, warming and um, like much faster changes in climate than uh, we've ever seen before. Part of it is that it's going to be the earth will survive. And it's a matter of like, how do we as people, how do we want our society and humanity to look and how are we going to try to be proactive? Cause we still have that opportunity to, to mm-hmm. an extent, but mm-hmm. then like, what is this world that we're trying to build? And are we going to be sharing resources or keep on hoarding them and have them be so inequitable and just like mm-hmm. there are a lot of depressing things about this but I think one nice principle to think about and this is actually a traditional Native American principle is to think about um, sustaining for seven generations out mm. and that's where there's actually there's a whole the whole like eco cleaning product line of seventh generation if you've seen it oh. um, that's what it's based off of oh. so thinking about um thinking about seven generations out and that's still being like somewhat within your time frame of like, I can kind of grasp this, mm-hmm. but what do I need to do that it, you know, that goes beyond just like, not just my kids, even though there are a lot of millennials who are literally like, I don't want to bring a kid into this world. And, oh, you know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then thinking about like, okay, so what are the ways in which we want this future world to look like and how can we like. actually build towards that? Yeah. So taking on our I, really, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, taking out a really cynical side of things, you know, the way that uh, some people are like, we really do need like a new plague. You know, when you think about like all the crappy things that are happening on earth, um, because yeah, like you said, Sri, like um, the planet will survive, right? I mean, we've, we've had um, uh, 
the dinosaurs being wiped out and everything, things came back, right? We are flourishing again, kind of. We're not about to flourish soon. I would, but, I would argue um, we are a parasite and it is time Mother Earth No, so I'm saying herself. maybe it's for the best <laughs> that we just get wiped out and we start all over again yeah. without us because we suck as a species, okay? Mm-hmm. So, and platypi will take over the world. Yes, yes. If they, can, they can be the next president. That would be fine. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I... Uh, so uh, speaking of this, there are like a few things that like people can do. Like obviously like you should, you know, being sustainable in your life comes to like your daily choices, small things, bags, plastic, risk, like making sure that you recycle, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I also like, there are, there are a lot of South Asian Americans who are working for this. Um, Preach. Like, one uh, big one, for example, is uh, Varshini Prakash, who mm-hmm. um, is one of the ex- executive directors of the Sunrise Movement. Um, she has been leading actions for a really long time and now leads this huge, like, youth-oriented, like, ecological movement that is trying to, like, get the Green New Deal passed. And then even in Congress, you have people like, like, um, like, Ramalan Jayapal and mm-hmm. Ro Khanna, who are like in general quite progressive. Ro Khanna is working on the Bernie campaign. Um, and for example, Shama Sawant um, on the Seattle City Council, who stood up to Amazon um, and mm. uh, is like still got elected despite Amazon trying to lobby Shut against it down. Her. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, like, like us, like, like we have a place and we, there are lots of like good opportunities for you to get involved, um, get involved in like local orgs, local politics, or just stay informed, talk about it, you know, both on a personal, a societal and a generational level. There's a lot that we can do. For mm-hmm. sure. And it, those those little moments do add up and being able to say things, you know, not shaming people into compliance, mm-hmm. but just kind of coming back to this thing of of building that awareness and keeping that in mind and being able to really emphasize that we do care and it doesn't have to just be a status quo kind of thing that changes yeah. can be made. Mm-hmm. Um, can be made. And that yeah. requires having that critical consciousness and people caring and being aware and wanting to make things change. Yeah. yeah. And this and episode think- is probably... You two siblings, I cannot. Sorry, we keep talking over each other. Um, And one thing I just wanted to add is that, um, like with a lot of things that we talk about and just, you know, politics and what's going on in the world, we talked about that, like, it may not affect you right this second, right? But it's going to affect somebody else. And that's why it's worth having this conversation, whether it affects you or not. And that you know, um, you don't have to have a freaking PhD in in climate change to be able to do something. But a conversation can start at the dining room table with your Mm -hmm. family, with your friends, or like, you know, with a roommate or something like that. And again, no one's perfect, right? This whole like sexy, like zero waste thing is probably not doable for most people, but you can reduce waste imperfectly and that will add up and make an impact. So like, you know, I think I read a, a lot of zero waste stuff and I'm just like, Oh my God, like you want me to, you want me to floss with like twine? I can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I'm, I'm, I'm not poking fun of fun at that. And I'm, you know, that that's not even a real thing, but sometimes that's what it sounds like. Right. But like, mm-hmm. 
that's fine. You can't do that, but there are other things you can do, right? Mm -hmm. And you can talk to other people about it. And like, and then you can go to the higher level, which Trinish was talking about and like join the sunrise movement, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is a step for everybody. Yeah. And so much of it, I really do think just comes back to connecting to the earth and connecting with one another. And Mm -hmm. so it really could be as simple as like, let's fucking go on a walk outside together. And then it is so many of those moments of connecting back to, I mean, we as human animals require the sunshine and the fresh air and all of that as well. And so like, and it really is, there's going to be more. Yeah. And and there's more (laughs) inspiration that happens from positive affiliation, like having Mm -hmm. positive feelings for the environment, than this shamingness or like you're killing the earth, right? Because then it gives you that sense of overwhelming, like I can't do anything about it. And instead being like, okay, what are the ways I I want to live in a certain world that has certain values and like has has an ethos of care for one another and for the earth and like us all interconnection, being interconnected as species. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Also, this episode is probably coming out during the Democratic primaries. So please go out and vote. Really one of the best ways to like get out and uh, have your voice heard. Um, So with that, I think that's a wrap on this episode. Uh, As always, you can follow us at at South Asian SMH on both Instagram and Facebook. You can also hit us up on our website at www.sasma.org. That's S-A-S-M-H-A dot org. We would love to talk to you if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Um, if you want to see our beautiful faces, because we would love to see, to see yours, uh, definitely uh, contact us. Yeah. All right. We'll see you soon. Make good choices out there, friends. Thanks for listening to our angry rants. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.